What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 107 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by my brother from the same mother, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. And of course, we got the ninth wonder, Chocolate Thunder, taking dumpkins and getting blumpkins. Step aside the Batman and make way for the scat man. Nothing makes him moan like a rusty trombone. The phenomenal AJ Singh. I'm one of those newer wonders. I'm not one of the original <laughs> wonders of the world. <laughs> we were talking about McAfee today. Oh, yeah. Oh, the poop hammock. <laughs> poop hammock. Like, they were saying they paid someone to shit in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, Tom Segura in your mom's house, like, they've showed this video a couple times of, like, the prostitutes, like, talking about him. Mm. And, yeah, that was his thing where he would, he would um, have them get in a hammock. And then he would go underneath, and they would have them like shit. He would have them shit through the hammock and like fall on him. <laughs> yeah, he's a eccentric guy, apparently. Eccentric. Oh. He was right. Like, the, 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 is that the John McAfee that everybody talks? Did about? Did he die in prison? He, yeah, he, the same guy that invented the McAfee virus protection for computers. Oh yeah, he died. Okay, I think he did die. Yeah, but man, wild guy. Led a wild life. Yeah. Man, speaking of turd talk, I've been doing like some real old people shit <laughs> this week. <laughs> like, How do old people shit? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. So you guys, we've talked turds before. I told you like, uh, I'm kind of a fan of taking like the more like shit in a brick type of shits. Right. Just Stretch because, out the sidewalls. Just because they're cleaner. Well, you see, that's the problem. In my old age, I started taking these shits that were, like, really scratching the paint. And I, I felt I was in fear of blowing an O-ring, if you know what I'm talking about. Someone here has anal fissures. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the oldest-ass thing uh, I could do. Well, actually, two. Number one, I started taking um, fiber gummies because mm. I don't think I get enough fiber. Like, I don't think most of the stuff I get has any fiber in it. And then stool softener as well. Yeah, that's pretty old. <laughs> Should have gotten some mothballs for your. Oh clothes. yeah. <laughs> my my uh, transition to a ninety year old man is almost complete. <laughs> so you've been taking giant soft shits, <laughs> extra soft, <laughs> just the way I like them. It's weird. It's almost like some of them have been like not sloppy. But, like, cloudy, like, it's really, like, forcing me to shit out maybe the stuff that's been in there a while. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I don't eat a lot of fiber. I, I don't believe in it. <laughs> you don't believe it exists? Or? <laughs> I just don't think I need it. <laughs> well, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about fiber, and they're like, it's found in this, 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 and this. And I'm like, man, I don't eat any of those things. Maybe I should supplement <laughs> Well, essentially, basically, we just don't digest it, I think, so it just pushes everything out the other end. I don't know. That's my th thoughts. I think that's kind of what it's supposed to do. Yeah. But figured it couldn't hurt. Plus, actually, the gummies are good. They're just like fruit snacks. Mm, fruit snacks. <laughs> but I mean, I think fruits, I'll have two boxes. Fruits and gummies are how you get fiber. <laughs> <laughs> so I could just eat regular fruit yeah. snacks. <laughs> Damn, they got me. Uh um, what else, what do you get? Uh, oh, I should have mentioned off the top before all the turd talk is uh, we will be watch or reviewing She Hulk episode one, which we actually just all watched. Uh, Spoiler alert! 
It stinks. <laughs> uh, we'll get to it. I, I wouldn't say that, though. I would not say that. I'd say it. <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> uh, have you guys been watching or doing anything else this week? Man, I've just been watching uh, more of uh, the Harley Quinn show. Uh, still funny. Like it, you know. Uh, season three is a little bit less, uh, you know, of a shock. Like, you know, in season one, you're like, well, oh, what right. is going on? No, you're just like, it's more of the same. Yeah, season fun. three is more of the same. But it's still good. I still like it. But, uh, yeah, mostly just that. I, I did finish the season of The Sandman, which I thought was pretty decent. And I've watched a couple Lock and Keys. Oh, yeah. You said, yeah, season three's out now. Man, there's so much stuff to watch. It's like, I'll, I'll never catch up. I uh, I haven't watched much this week. I, I just well, watched. If, if you stop watching shit like She Hulk, uh, <laughs> maybe you'll have some time on your hands. Well, I mean, that kind of reminds me. Like, there was a time period where when we were kids, we were watching shows from like 30, 40 years before. Yeah. Yeah. And this day and age, kids might never see those old shows. I know. Yeah, they probably won't. There's just too much shit. Plus, there's like YouTube. Yeah, and I saw a guy like break this down. Like, there's there's a lot of cultural references that young people don't get now, that people traditionally were getting before. When like you could watch those old reruns of shows and like mm. know who's been famous for the last forty, fifty years or so. Now it's like you know kids only know who they who they seen, and before that is like all a mystery. So all these references and everything are lost on them. I don't know. I didn't get a lot of references in like Looney Tunes. I get them now, but I didn't get them then. But you know, even like like cartoons that were contemporary to us, like like Tiny Tunes, had like you know Citizen Kane references mm -hmm. and like you know celebrities, older celebrity references and things like that. We maybe didn't understand them at the time, but they were definitely in there. Yeah. But yeah, kids today like there's just so much that I yeah there is probably like a ton of shit that's lost on them, you know. Yeah, I mean, they they it's gotten to a point where they might not see all the content that's even coming out in real time, you know? So those have so much content that they'll never really get through it. I don't see how they could. Yeah, there's just like such a glut of content that like I don't see how they ever could. Yeah, yeah, it does seem that way. Um lucky. <laughs> I've just been watching more um Ted Lasso. Okay. I think I'm like I I, I finished season one. And I'm maybe like halfway through season two. I'm liking it. You said you watched that show, right? Yeah, yeah. You liked it quite a bit. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. It does seem kind of like uh, Americans, like you know, a good like a good perception of Americans for once compared to like what normally is like a <laughs> like a a bad like arrogant jerk kind of people image people have of Americans. Right. It does. Uh, I now know who, the guy that plays uh, Hercules because <laughs> he's on that show. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I actually like his character. Is that like uh, Roy Kent, the like older like soccer yeah, player that yeah. kind of retires? That guy. Uh huh. I, I like his character quite a bit. Right. I didn't, I didn't get who you're talking about when you said that, but yeah, that's right. Roy Kent. He. I can't believe that they went with him. That for, yeah, that's him. Yeah, huh. He's so small compared to who you would think like Hercules would be. <laughs> Although, like, it, I think it's all in the way they shoot things, because they can make you believe, like, a smaller guy is, like, big. Yeah, you know? that's true. They did it with all those action stars in the 80s, <laughs> Stallone and all that. <laughs> is Stallone a small guy? I think I think uh, Van Damme, I know, is, like, 5'8 or something. Really small. And Stallone, I think, is also a short guy. Yeah, he's a little on the shorter side. Yeah. I think Schwarzenegger. You get, you get all muscled up and you don't notice it quite as much. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you shoot from like, you know, waist up or whatever. Put them on apple boxes. <laughs> and I heard Tom Cruise was short, you know. Yeah, they always put like, put him next to short people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Nicole Kidman was like way taller than him, but like they kind of made him look like they were yeah. somewhere. He was like standing on the stairs the whole time. <laughs> they do like a weird forced perspective where like he's more in the foreground or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they're standing by each other, but he's like four feet forward. They're doing movie commentary. They're like, funny thing is uh, we were never in the same room because <laughs> like one person's like way ahead of the other one. <laughs> Um, do you guys want to do like, um, one round of stories before we get into, uh, She-Hulk? Sure. I'm into it. All right. Anybody who hasn't watched, we're going to go around the table. Everybody will bring a, a wacky news story to the table and we'll see if we can't make something funny and or interesting out of it. AJS Tradition Dictates, we usually start with you. So what do you got for us? All right. Dead spiders transformed into reanimated necrobots. Okay. Few moments beat the cinematic brilliance of Gene Wilder channeling Dr. Frederick Frankenstein in 1974's Young Frankenstein as he waits for the monsters he's monster he's pieced together to to stir. He screams heavenward, life, life, do you hear me? Give my creation life. Of course, anybody familiar with that with this cautionary tale knows things go downhill for Frankenstein after this reanimation of his monster. Uh, nevertheless, various researchers around the world continue to work on ways to circumvent death. One of the latest endeavors is downright horrifying. It involves the reanimation of deceased spiders, namely wolf spiders, to create what can only be described as miniature versions of claw machines seen at carnivals. Except these claws, uh, these claw machines come from, come with a gruesome biological twist. As if seeing one zombie-like spider isn't enough, scientists have even used the Frankenstein-like arachnids to pick up other dead wolf spiders. Uh, researchers have turned... Oh, is this more of that? Um, they can lift uh, more than 100 times their own body weight. Uh, starting to feel your skin crawl, although the concept of necrobot spider sounds like a lot, like a subplot of Mary Shelley's famous horror tale, the discovery has n- nothing to do with the novel Frankenstein. Instead, it started with a group of researchers at Rice University. After discovering a dead spider curled up in a ball in their engineering laboratory, they were inspired to find out why spiders' legs balled up tightly against the abdomen after death, uh, per Smithsonian, Ra- Smithsonian Ra- Magazine. Uh, what they uncovered yielded the concept behind necrobots. As researchers uh, delved more deeply into the anatomy of spiders, they they realized that arachnid legs are similar to hydraulic pressure systems. When a critter expires, the hydraulic system breaks down, hence the final contraction of the legs. Having stumbled upon this so-called hydraulic system, the team decided to reverse engineer it. Once they cracked the code, they could body snatch dead arachnids, transforming them into veritable machines. Veritable machines. Uh, if you assume the reanimation of spider corpses is some kind of magic or illusion, you're far from alone. We can assure you there are no smoke and mirrors when it comes to hijacking spider cadavers. Uh, rather, it's all about perfectly placed puffs of air. Using these spurts of air at strategic locations along each wolf spider's corpse uh, brought success in straightening all the leg stimulus simultaneously, uh, before allowing them to curl up again. But researchers didn't want to stop there. Like Dr. Frankenstein, the allure of triumphing over death proved too attractive a concept to ignore. And fortunately, the necrobots 
creators didn't need lightning or human cadavers to bring their strange creations to life. Uh, further experimentation even allowed them to move the legs in a claw-like motion, facilitating the pickup of various diminutive objects. Uh, you may be wondering why the researchers settled on wolf spiders for their experimentation. After all, couldn't any spider's bodies do? Yes and no. You see, wolf spiders were a natural choice because of their ability to lift much heavier objects than themselves. Moreover, they have microscopic hairs on their legs, which translates into plenty of extra gripping power. These biological advantages make wolf spiders the ideal creature to pick up everything from irregularly shaped meshes to fragile electrical components and even those previously mentioned dead wolf spider bodies. Daniel Preston, senior author of the studies, notes, Our work here presents the first step in this new avenue of research, which, will, which we expect will extend to locomotion uh, of necrobots by independently actuating each leg of the spider. Uh, not everybody's sold on the utility of spider corpses, but one thing's for sure, the experiment has a potential to give the biggest arachnid lover the heebie-jeebies. It doesn't seem practical. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's a, it's a long way to go to pick up an object, you know, like if they're just picking up little things with it. You gotta like glue a million of them to like the bottom of a pad and you just pick up whatever you want yeah i mean so like how boring was it in the science lab that day that someone was like i got an idea <laughs> and they all got around and were like hey why do they curl up like that let's talk about this for a while <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like what are we gonna do to get this government grant <laughs> yeah I, right. listen listen to this guys <laughs> yeah who pitched that one i don't know you I know mean, it, it does make you wonder like the whole government grant thing like how how much money goes to funding like bullshit like this that would never help the human race at all? Oh, I think tons. <laughs> How can we weaponize spiders? <laughs> spider bomb. The new Spider-Man villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we need to start doing that. That should be our business, coming up with bullshit research to get into and get funding for. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can come up with some bullshit and make money off of it and be like, yeah, we're using all this for our experiment. Yeah. You need to see receipts. <laughs> can release a virus and uh, give vaccines that apparently don't work. Oh, I heard about this. Uh, I, I think they're called cryons. Like, what's in the body? Like, it's like a shape or something that's part of our structure. Oh, I don't know. Well, there's like, uh, I think these camels, they, they have these... Uh, messed up cryons so like basically they get boils all over their bodies hmm. uh they they become like almost like these like monsters like you would see in a game like covered in boils to the point where they can like hardly breathe or do anything and their their mentality their it changes they become like psychotic they start standing on two legs and you know acting all kinds of strange ways hmm. it's like a zombie thing and like it's just it can't be cured because it's not an actual virus. It's just a, a structure of DNA that's just wrong, you know, within their body. And it just causes all these crazy things to happen to them. And it's just like, man, like, we talk about zombies and stuff, but it it could happen to humans. Like, it's not just made up or fantasy. Like, something could go wrong to the point where, like, you can't fix it. It's in your DNA. It's very... Uh, you know, it can be passed down genetically. Like, I don't know. I mean, there are it's people good. that are more prone to certain things. 
like things like that, like fatty tumors or or their scar tissue heals weird. So like anytime they get a cut, they get like keloids and they get big chunks of scar tissue and okay. just random stuff. Hmm. This is off topic, but something uh, a word you said during that reminded me of something. How do you guys pronounce this word? C r a y o n. Oh, I say crown. What do you say? Crown. Crayon. Well, the reason I asked because like I I thought everyone said crayon, and I was watching Tom Segura, and they, apparently there's this whole sect of people that say like crayon, or they say it all weird. And uh, and you would and it was like a lot of people like I was like what the fuck I've never heard anybody say anything besides crayon and they, yeah they were like saying crayon like pronouncing it all fucking weird I was like what is wrong with these people I've never heard this I thought you were gonna say crown like you know like a crown that people wear like I could see how people might a few people might have said it like that too I don't know like they went around like this um, news station and were asking everybody to say it and like some people said it normal like crayon and some people like a lot of people are saying it more like crayon there might have been a crown in there too but I was like what the fuck like I've never have you guys ever heard anyone in life pronounce it like that not crayon is this like a southern thing possibly (laughs) I don't know yeah, it feels song. like slightly a- like an accent. You'd almost, you know, where you drop certain sounds. I was like, okay, like a southern dandy. <laughs> get my crowns. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh, now you're Do a little drawing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a dandy. <laughs> but, I mean, that's so lazy to say crane instead of crown. <laughs> um, should we move on to manifesto round one? Okay, very short one. Our armless homeless man in Florida stabbed somebody with scissors using his feet. <laughs> oh, I know this guy. I, I saw him You've on seen that. this guy yeah, before. Yeah, I've seen him on Barstool Sports. Like, I, I was on TikTok and they had like a TikTok, you know, video. And uh, basically, the guy Dave Portnoy walks out of a pizza shop with a pizza, and uh, this guy walks out behind him, and he just he's just saying weird stuff, and Portnoy's just like, what? what the fuck? And this guy's just like, he even the video camera stops on him, and he just rants for like a few seconds and then walks off and Portnoy's like uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had a woman today and like she was yelling at people and like grabbing people on the street and like blocking people with like bikes and stuff I was like just acting weird yeah it's like people are out there I, I think it's just lashing out you know <laughs> like they've had stuff happen to them so they're just like you know boom yeah some people are just crazy it's like I don't know it's hard to tell what's going on in their brains. Yeah. But you'd think you're like, uh, you're like, oh, this guy's got some scissor feet. <laughs> Maybe I'll give him a little distance or, you know, like push him over. I mean, he's got to be pretty good with those feet, huh? Like he's been relying on those for everything. I guess. But, yeah. Man, speaking of feet, I'm just going to draw everyone to go over to Tom Segura's podcast. But, like, they showed this video where somebody was, like, taking a shit in a stall and they saw the guy's foot in the next stall and, and videoed it because I can't even explain this thing. It was like an elephant foot. It was like there was no toes. It was just a smooth, fat foot. It looked, it look, I swear, it, it was, I don't even know how it would happen. <laughs> like, what happened to this person? Like, was it just straight leg? Like just I mean, I mean, I mean, you're right. You're not describing this very well. (laughs) It wasn't exactly a stub because, like, you know, there there was a a 
a fleshy like thing at the bottom, but there was no toes. It was just round on the end, and it was, it was like big and fat. And I was like, I, I was like flabbergasted. So I was, this like, person was barefoot in the restroom. Barefoot. Was it like morbidly obese, where it's just like the fat was like? I, I on the mean, floor? you couldn't exactly see the person. I'm guessing they were a big boy. Okay. Yes, I'm guessing they were pretty damn fat. But still, I'm, but still, what happened? No toes. <laughs> no toes. <laughs> You lose them when you get diabetic. Maybe, maybe that's maybe what happened. But it was like so smooth, you know. It, <laughs> God, I don't know. It was it was it, something. It didn't look like anything was amputated. It was just a smooth like. Right. Know. Yeah, maybe it's just. Maybe they were amputated and just like over time and there wasn't like a huge like nasty scar or something. I don't know. But I would have videotaped it too, I think, because it was just so disturbing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be like that time you forgot to shut off your flash. <laughs> he just sees like a flash on his <laughs> It's like, you're taking pictures of my foot, aren't you? <laughs> it's like a Dr. Doolittle situation or Nutty Professor or whatever that is. Where he like, doesn't he like turn into animals and stuff? And He, he talks to animals. He talks, oh, he to, talks animals. to animals. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about like somebody transforming. Also, how does this relate? <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was like, I was like, some stuff I've seen Doctor Doolittle in ages, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he just talks to the animals. I was just thinking, I don't know why, but in my head, I had like this Eddie Murphy like turning into different kinds of animals kind of like movie. I don't know why that's a that was in there. <laughs> um, well, I also got a story about a guy who ran afoul with the law. Father-in-law caught using cat to masturbate. What? <laughs> this one's disturbing. <laughs> You're angry, aren't you? A woman, a woman who's suspicious about her father-in-law making frequent visits to her bedroom found out that her fears were not unfounded when she found out that her father-in-law was indeed going into her, her room for her cat to masturbate. <laughs> Harold Stanley Kenderdine, 66, is facing animal sex charges for the incident, which was caught on video on July 14th. According to state trooper Joel Miles of Cowdersport, I don't know where that is, uh, Kenderdine's wife Sonia warned her son Nathan and daughter-in-law Alexandra that her husband, Nathan's stepfather, had been seen going into their bedrooms bedroom several times over the last month. Sonia suggested the couple who lived uh, with her and her husband install a lock on their bedroom door. After the warning, Alexander set up a blink indoor security camera in the couple's bedroom on July 13th. The very next day while she was out, she began getting notifications from her security system uh, that there was activity in the bedroom. Kinderdean was caught walking into the bedroom at about 11.15 a.m., then walking towards the bed where the couple's... Uh, calico cat Callie was sleeping he put his hand on her crotch and picked up the cat he grabbed the cat by its sides and then repeatedly thrust himself against the cat you could see that his penis was outside of the zipper fly of his pants as he walked around the bed he continued to masturbate for a short time and then left the room when asked about why he has sex with the cat he played it off as just a guy thing (laughs) <laughs> that, that's a good one. You know us guys, always trying to fuck cats and dogs and whatnot. Uh, however, he told the trooper that he did it to piss off his stepson and stepdaughter-in-law. According to troopers, Alexandra had previously told them that she and her husband did not get along with Kendra Dean. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know what we really hate when people fuck our cat? But they wouldn't even have known about it, right? Apparently, he was doing it in secret for a while. Yeah. 
Kennardine said that the cat hair felt good and ultimately reminded the trooper that he didn't actually penetrate the cat. Well, there you go. That's That seems okay. <laughs> he apparently also said this was a stupid mistake and that he wishes he hadn't done it. He has been charged with having sexual intercourse with an animal and cruelty to animals. A preliminary hearing is scheduled for Tuesday at 1030 in front of District Judge Kerry McLeaved. I mean... <sighs> It, his story doesn't really hold up because like the thing was oh i was just gonna i was just trying to piss him off does that mean he was gonna tell him eventually oh yeah i've been i've been fucking, I've your, been cat fucking your cat for years now <laughs> like what's he gonna send gotcha. like a video or something of it <laughs> i still like the oh you know it's just a guy thing guy trying to get some <laughs> pussy right you know what i mean <laughs> I haven't been able to find a woman this hairy in a while. <laughs> Poor cat. You know what? It's dangerous though. Like, like cats are so shifty. Like that cat could have totally clawed his wiener off. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That'd be a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine going into the doctor? <laughs> hey, doc. <laughs> Gonna need some stitches here. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just got out of the shower and uh, he attacked me. You know, you, you you slip, you fall, your dick goes into some catnip. It's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, jeez, Lou. But the thing is, is like, it was that guy's wife who ultimately was like, this guy's up to something. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, what was their relationship like? Yeah, that's, she's like? That's not something you really want to find out about your significant other. The fact that she's like, oh, you might want to lock your door. My husband's going in there and... That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so in conclusion, don't fuck cats. <laughs> All right. On that note, should we get into some uh, She-Hulkin? Mm, She-Hulk. Let's see. Somewhere along here, I got the old Rotten Tomatoes. What do you guys uh, think this is rating at right now in Rotten Tomatoes with just one episode out? Well, Miss Marvel did substantially better than it deserved. It did. Are we talking audience or a uh, critic? You can guess either. I know it got review bombed by the for audience score. I, I'm gonna go with like seven out of ten in that region. I wouldn't be yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the critic rating is like seventy or eighty or even higher, maybe. Spot on with the audience rating at seventy percent, but the the tomato meter is at eighty seven percent. Jeez. Um, let's see. So, uh, She-Hulk, uh, stars Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner, a.k.a. The Hulk. Uh, Tim Roth, who hasn't been on yet, is Emil Blonsky, the, um, uh, oh, what's his, uh... Oh, Abomination. Abomination, yeah. Uh, apparently Benedict Wong will be in it at some point as Wong. Uh, Ginger Gonzaga is Nikki. I guess that was her friend at the law firm. And Jamila Jamil as Titania, who showed up just at the very end of episode one. Um, all right. And then I also got up here somewhere the old uh, Wikipedia episode guide uh, to help us remember some shit. Okay. So the show opens on her practicing a, a speech for a big old lawyer case she's involved in. Uh, then she uh, exits the room, but then she comes back. And she, of course, breaks the fourth wall. Mm. What What do you guys think? Because I guess I've never really dug into the She-Hulk comics, but I guess uh, in certain runs she does break the fourth wall, like Deadpool. What do you guys think of that? Do you like it? Do you not? In general, I don't really. 
I don't know if I care, but in general, it's not my favorite thing. But if you're going to do it, um, maybe don't make it completely pointless. I mean, I was fine with it here. I mean, it, it, I thought it worked fine as like a transition to get her backstory. Okay. Yeah, it was all right. I liked, uh, I liked it more in Deadpool. I don't know why. It just seemed more funnier, probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so then... Uh, she breaks the fourth wall to tell us, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm She-Hulk, and this is how it happened. So it flashes back um, a few months ago. She's in, having a, a car ride with Bruce. Um, I don't know if it said where they're going. They're on some trip or something. Uh, when all of a sudden, a spaceship comes down, a Sakaran spaceship. Now, I feel like, because I've read a shitload of Marvel comics, and I feel like I've seen that name before. But I don't remember what the Sakaran look like or what. Sakaar, that's the uh, the planet that Jeff Goldblum rules. Oh, is it? Yeah, Sakaar. You think we'll get some Jeff Jeff Goldblum up in this bitch? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, that anyway, the spaceship causes them to veer off and crash the car. Um, oh yeah, Bruce mentions before that, that he he's got this device on his wrist that he made to basically keep him in his human form, which throughout the movies and stuff. Have they ever really explained his deal? Because, like, um, he shows up in, um, I think it's Endgame, and then he's all of a sudden just, like, the smart Hulk, mm-hmm. you know. But does he ever really explain? Well, I guess he maybe goes over it a little bit in this show about how, like, he makes that transition. Yeah, like, uh, he talks about in this show how he put it together and got, like... The brains and the bronze and made the smart Hulk. And he also talks about how, yeah, mostly that. Now, so did he, but did he, um, like in Endgame, did he have to be the Hulk or could he have been just Bruce Banner? That's a, like in Endgame, I got the impression that something happened that like forced him to be the well, Hulk when rather he, than choose. Well, when he snapped the, uh, the glove or whatever, he said it was like made for him. So I think for like plot purposes, like, it was better that he'd be the Hulk so he could use that, the gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, so, yeah, they get in a car wreck. Um, they're both bleeding. And so as she pulls him out of the wreckage, she gets some of his blood in her bloodstream, causes her to Hulk out. And at first, like, she can't control it, so she just kind of goes crazy and runs through the woods. Um, she wakes up back in her human form. Um I guess, like, her clothes must have been somewhat ripped. I guess. Anyway, she finds this bar, and she goes in this bar, and, like, uh, goes to the mirror and starts, like, washing her face. And she's, like, covered in blood and shit. And then this pack of, like, multicultured, like, ladies come in. And I was asking you, I was like, are these ladies, like, prostitutes? And they, like, think she's a fellow prostitute and, is like, thinks she's been, like, abused by her pimp or something, and they're trying to help? Or is this just, like, a, a group of, like, bachelorette? Lorette ladies or something out on having a girl's night out. Yeah, it's not clear, but it's it's weird because yeah, they just come in and they're instantly like, Oh, let us help you. Here's some hairspray, here's some makeup, here's whatever. The reason I thought the maybe prostitutes is they put like this like puffy like jacket on her. Right, really that, shitty yeah. jacket. That looked kinda of like a like a prostitute. Like, but she coat. was like all dirty and stuff, and they're just like putting makeup over the dirt, and I'm like, that's yeah. uh <laughs> you might want to clean her up first and then you know then maybe talk about a little makeup over the uh <laughs> like we'll put it on thick enough. It yeah. doesn't <laughs> you gotta really cake it over those uh <laughs> you know those blood marks there. 
better. <laughs> so yeah, that part was a little bit uh, silly. And then like she goes outside the bar and like right away there's like this stereotypical like, you know, group of guys that are like, I don't know, cat calling her. Well, right when it came to the bar, I'm like, okay, there's going to be a bar fight. Yeah. Yeah. At, at least it doesn't last long. So yeah, these guys are like harassing her. So she immediately like hulks out and like, I think she like punches them. And then, oh yeah, right before that, she borrowed one of the prostitutes phone to call Bruce. So he knows. And then I think what she just basically kind of blacks out at that point and yeah, wakes she, like tackles tackle somebody and then like it cuts to her waking up. Yeah, so she wakes up in bed and uh, she's greeted by Bruce. We find find out that he took her to Mexico. He's got like this uh, science lab slash stronghold there that Tony Stark uh, built for him. And yeah, he mentions that like he used that lab to basically figure out how to make himself the quote unquote smart Hulk. But he also like writes off like the car crash. He's like, "Oh yeah, that uh, spaceship. I don't know what that was about. I'll have to figure that out." As long as yeah, he's like, I'll, "I'll get to the bottom of that." Eventually. But like, it obviously came for him, right? Yeah. And they crashed, and then it was just gone. It was like, well, it served its purpose. And that that seems like so far the most interesting storyline. Like, what was up with that spaceship? Yeah, I I would agree. <laughs> Yeah, that was just, it feels stupid. I don't know what's going on. But the thing is, is if if that spaceship contained somebody who wanted him, why wouldn't it just like been like, oh, they're wrecked. Okay, let's go get him. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's hurt. Like, you know, so that maybe they'll explain that. Maybe to give, they just wanted to fly across the galaxy and make him drive off a cliff. They're like, mission accomplished. Um, so this is, Walters is taken to Banner's secret laboratory in Mexico where he explains her special genetic condition. And offers to help uh, with her powers. Doesn't he say, like, there's something, like, because they're cousins and, like, they have certain genetic markers in common, like, that helps her, like, deal with it? Right. So somehow, like, they have something special in their DNA or blood or something, and they can uh, absorb gamma radiation and turn it into whatever makes them a Hulk, I guess. But there was also something, like... Oh, when we were in the crash, you know, I had that thing on me, and so I was bleeding, and my blood got in you, and now you're a Hulk, because you also absorbed a bunch of gamma radiation. I was like, how did she absorb gamma radiation? <laughs> I was like... Well, I mean, just by his blood, right? I guess he has very, uh, he's gamma, gammaed up in his blood. I mean, that's true to the comics, like, with the Hulk, it's gamma all up in his business, in his blood and everything. So do you think like the people around him get cancer? Maybe. I mean, they don't explicitly say that ever. <laughs> anyway, it seemed, uh, well, it was what it needed to be, I guess. Um. So so yeah, there's a a sequence here where like he's running experiments on her, and like he he wants to know what it takes to bring the Hulk out in her, and um, so he puts her in this thing and gets these like um saw blade spinning at her and eventually that like scares her enough to transform her and like actually i should back up a minute because he he tells her that, like this is going to change your life you're probably gonna have to stay on this island for years and i'll like teach you how to control your powers but then after he runs that experiment like he finds out that um she doesn't go crazy like he did when he was originally the hulk like when she changes into the hulk brain wise she's still her um, so he's like, oh, this will take some time off your training or whatever. Um, 
they have like a whole training montage, which is fun enough, I guess, where like they're throwing giant boulders and learning to, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I felt like there's a little bit of like women power there, I guess. Like, whatever you can do, I can do better. I don't know. But he throws the rock into outer yeah. space. He's yeah, way stronger. <laughs> well, he, he had something to prove after she uh, showed him up, I guess. I mean, they do show that he's still, like, stronger. But um, I was trying to think, like, if there was anything else in that. I mean, there's... There's yoga. There's yeah, they throw in some comedy with the yoga where, like, he's trying to get her to, like, use yoga. But she's not really into it. And she she really just wants to go back to her own life. And, like, he's got this whole thing where he's, like... You know, I got to teach you to be a, a superhero. And she's like, I don't want to be a superhero. I'm just going to go back and be a lawyer. But he, like, he's like, no, you have these powers. And basically the Spider-Man thing, so you have a responsibility. Like, you can save people and whatnot. So you should be a superhero. But, like, you know, she's she's um, not into that. Um, you know, you didn't like, I feel like there was some, like, decent, like, banter between the two of them at points. At points, I th- thought like maybe they were trying to be funny, and it just wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like a gut busting or anything. It but was it, it wasn't even a chuckle. Okay, okay. <laughs> I didn't hear anybody laughing. Maybe there was a smirk. Uh, yeah, there might have been some smirking. <laughs> um. So yeah. So it basically, boils down to, um, she attempts to leave in a jeep. Uh, Bruce like doesn't want her to. And then this leads them into having, like, this big, like, fight. And, like, a part of me was, like, well, if he's not Hulk-brained out, like, like he's taking big shots at her. Yeah, why is he even, why is he in this fight as anything other than trying to be calm? <laughs> and then, like, yeah, it's just, a, it's a stupid fight. Yeah, it was just fan service. It, it seemed that way, because I was, like, like, are is he doing this to quote unquote like train her and test her limits or like is he really like having trouble because he's like he's supposed to be his like normal brain so it's not like he's like hulking out and like can't control his temper. No. So yeah, it seemed like they just wanted an excuse for these guys to have a fight. <laughs> as far as the CG, I thought it was like fine. You do notice it like when they throw things like sometimes it looks a bit like weird, but like. For the most part, I thought it was serviceable. Yeah, yeah, no huge issues with the CGI. There's definitely much worse stuff in Miss Marvel. <laughs> yeah. And as far as, like, her hulking out, like, you know, with him between a human and Hulk, it's like a huge change. Hers doesn't seem that dramatic. Like, maybe she gets a little bit taller and a little bit wider. I don't know. Yeah, she's she's definitely taller. Her hair gets straight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, he has a scene where he's like, your best new best friend is spandex. And then we got a scene where she's like, you know, seemingly wearing just a regular t-shirt. She hulks out and goes back down. Are we to believe that that's spandex? Because it just looks like a cotton t-shirt. Uh, I don't know. She ripped her suit on the, a later one. Well, I mean, like, she was wearing that I Love Mexico shirt. Mm. And it didn't seem like that one, like, got fucked up. So I was like, is, is, is that spandex? <laughs> is everything she's wearing spandex right now? I don't know. Um... <laughs> You never see Dick's Hulk or uh, Hulk's dick in spandex. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't feel like spandex would uh, help you a lot. Like I think you'd still be seeing more than you want to see. They need to uh, 
get the Fantastic Four in there with those unstable molecule suits that they have. They can just like go yeah. to any shape. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say so the stretchy guy could like cover his private parts. Hmm, <laughs> stretch. Well, you know, the stretchy guy, he has the unstable molecule suit so he can stretch and it, he doesn't have to worry about such things. <laughs> it's kind of degrading popular. to be a Hulk diaper, though. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good comic panel. <laughs> I'll have to find a way to fit that in a story. Never tell anyone about this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, save your modesty, Hulk. <laughs> Sue Storm's married to underwear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically they come to terms with things oh yeah and we we find out because he has like this little tiki bar and we find out that i guess just like captain america like they metabolize alcohol so fast that like like it takes a lot to get them drunk yeah they said they get the buzz but they don't get like messed up and throw up or anything right um so yeah they come to terms with it um she goes back to her regular life so towards the end of the episode um she's uh you know doing her court case that they set up in the beginning um, when like out of nowhere, for whatever reason, I'm sure they'll, they'll get to it in the, probably the next episode or whatever, uh, Titania, who they don't actually name in, in this episode, right. right? but she breaks through the wall and, um, basically, uh, Jennifer just instantly turns into the, the Hulk and just like easily like throws her against the wall. <laughs> like she doesn't put up a fight at all, seemingly. She yeah. she comes in with like almost like no known purpose, like no motive. Yeah, I guess we'll find that out and later. Like, she's like, ah, I guess I do have to turn into the Hulk. <laughs> and yeah. It she just, does uh, make uh Titania does like at one point try to do like this street fighter kick at her. And she's like wearing like these weird like uh pants that are like all like fluffy or something. Or have they look very fashionable, <laughs> I guess. Very weird. Um, yeah, and and it what, also makes like a sound. Now, here's something I was wondering. Do you guys feel like, to some extent, they were trying to like put in elements from like, you know, shitty old like TV? I mean, possibly, because I think this is supposed to be kind of an ode to like maybe like old school. Um, like 70s type shows. There were a couple of times when I got that feeling, but it's like, I, I don't know if they're, they were like dedicated to it, but it's kind of like in there. Well, early on when they first announced the show, I remember they released like some sort of poster or something and it kind of looked like a, like a 70s type okay. style thing. So I think they are kind of going for something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I did kind of see those elements. I feel like if they're trying to do, is it supposed to be funny? Like, is it? Yeah, they're definitely going for a comedy here. Like, they're not hitting it. But most funny shows are written by comedians in general. It's not just like some writer who's like, oh, let's make a comedy. Uh, I mean, certainly some of the funniest shows of all time were written by comedians. But I'm sure there's shows we've watched that were funny that were written by just, like, people we didn't know of. I don't know. At any rate, it didn't work for me. No, you're saying just the humor didn't work or the the show as a whole? I mean, there's things that don't make sense. I was, I mean, if I was going to take my mood over, like, the whole thing, it's just being bored. I was bored. Well, I mean, the stuff that, what do you, is the stuff that doesn't make sense stuff that they 
Because, uh, like, I'm sure they're going to, like, go into Titania's backstory. I'm sure they're going to eventually explain the Sakaar aliens. Like, other than that, is, like, what's the stuff that, like, puzzled you or didn't make sense? I mean, those were just, I mean, there were things that just felt like plot filler, I guess. And, like, none, there wasn't any, like, comic lines that kind of brought it home for me. There was a little bit of banter, but I wasn't, I don't know. I was just like, eh. I was like, okay. You've told me how she becomes the Hulk. Here's our montage. Here's our fight. Here's our random scene in the courtroom. By like, the w- I, there was no surprises in there for me, I guess. By the way, do you think this Titania lady is instantly going to become like someone she's defending in court? Possible. I kind of get that feeling that like we're going to find out that you know that would kind of seem like a conflict of interest <laughs> maybe but I, I feel like we're gonna find out her backstory is she was like aggrieved in some sort of way and then uh hulk she hulk ends up defending her even though that would be a conflict of interest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm probably wrong but that's just uh she's acting irrationally she's a woman <laughs> i thought she would be defending abomination later on some point but oh good point yeah if he's gonna be in it I, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Man, it's it's kind of weird because, like, I only watched the Incredible Hulk movie once because I didn't think it was that good. So I don't really even remember it all that well. And, like, it just seems weird because it was so long ago that they're, like, bring still, like, bringing elements from that yeah. movie, you know? I mean, with this show, I think there's still a lot to be excited about. I, I think the first episode, it fell flat for me, too. But that's just how these Marvel shows go. Like, in the first two episodes, they're usually pretty, like, yeah, dull. Yeah, you, and you have to get through two or three and then cross your fingers that it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm hoping that, like, it's got, you know, these, these big names coming up in the future of this se- season. So, like, you know, we got Wong. We've got uh, an, uh, Abomination. Abomination yeah. We've got other people, probably. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how this uh, universe gets built out. I will say, I mean, you can't really judge based off of one episode, but so far, like, I'm definitely got better vibes about this show than than Hawkeye and Miss yeah. Marvel. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think it's going to rank quite as low as those two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know if we need to do this for every episode of this show, but just as a starting point, where do you think you'd rate this show on a scale of one to ten? Give it a six out of ten. Three. I'm going to be even nicer. I'm going to give it a six point five. You know, on the upside, I think um, Tatiana Maslany, I don't think I've seen her in very much, but I thought she was, like, charismatic and, like, fun here. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, I thought they did it okay going, like, together. Do you think with um, uh, Ruffalo, like, do you think with the Hulk, they're, like, totally just, like, CGN and he's just doing, like, voiceover work? Or do you think they actually get him in the mocap suit? I think they put him in the suit. I would think he'd be in the suit. Because, I mean, the Hulk's definitely doing some stuff that, you know, he's not doing. So I didn't know, like, if they did that or not. Yeah, it could be a combination or, yeah, I don't know. Well, we had mixed feelings about She-Hulk episode one. But what did you think? Go ahead and leave us a comment and, uh, and let us know. And speaking of comments, guys, I got a new segment for the show that I like to call Comments on Comments. Hopefully we'll have more of these down the road. This is where we pick out a couple comments people left for us on our videos. Ooh. And we comment on them. All right. Um, so th- I left uh, this one to the end because uh, this is comments from our Nope review. 
And oh, so yeah, there's no. some slight spoilers. Uh, um, nope, spoilers if you're really worried about it. Nothing, nothing terrible. Um, <clears throat> so uh, username Slambell says, kind of stunned you guys thought it wasn't a deep movie <clears throat> at the beginning of the review. So I think he's referring to the fact that we um, kind of said, like, unlike maybe Jordan Peele's <clears throat> like Get Out, like it didn't seem like there was so much more like deep meaning, mm-hmm. like social commentary and things like that. Maybe we weren't smart enough <clears throat> to see it. Yeah, I could definitely see that being the case. <laughs> could be. Now this guy didn't go into detail. Oh, so he didn't tell us what was the deep meaning, uh, right? But uh, this next guy kind of did. Oh, okay, here we go. And he actually puts something in here that I think um, he noticed that we didn't, but. Um, uh, he actually left two comments, but okay. And actually, this first one is, is, is pretty in-depth. Now, I will say this isn't all grammatically correct, but I think I got the ju- gist of it. And we definitely recognize that not everybody has English as their first language. So, uh, But this is user, username um, Yawakoben. Probably mispronouncing that, but he says, wow, y'all really had a hard time with this movie. It's okay. All movies are subjective. That's a good attitude to have. They (laughs) are all subjective and have different effects on people, but you guys seem to have missed a lot. Uh, The Gordy subplot. This subplot informed us why Jupe, uh, Steven Yoon's character, thought the alien trusted him. Uh, Gordy was a popular show that would have led Jupe to great success, but got canceled and buried because they couldn't control the ape. He puts in parentheses, chips aren't monkeys, exclamation point. So at some point, we probably call them monkeys. Uh Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, Jupe thought he could control the alien, uh, which led to the death of all those people. What is especially egregious is that his co-star actually survived the chimp, uh, but... He says could survive. I think he means couldn't survive this second attempt at an uncontrollable spectacle. Uh, M's jean jacket, M's horse uh, jean jacket, was taken from her to work on Scorpion King. Um, she is ignored, but her brother sees her. This is called back at the end of the movie when M and OJ are confronting the new jean jacket. And they uh, look at each other... Uh, and he distracts Jean Jacket. So I think he means that point at the end where he's on the horse, she's on the motorbike, and they kind of have that look between the two of them. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's a callback. There's a few of them, but... But yeah, I knew the callback. I just didn't <clears throat> think it was yeah. important. important. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says, everything in this movie had meanings and has callbacks. Nothing is wasted. As far as the social commentary, the movie is about spectacle. How we consume spectacle... And in this movie, the spectacle can literally consume us. Basically, an alien animal super predator is used as a metaphor for spectacle. And it works so well because of certain aspects of animal behavior. Um, Becoming hostile when looking in the eye and becoming a spectacle to threaten others. I.e. turned into jellyfish form like animals that blow themselves up to seem bigger or more intimidating. I mean... That whole thing about how we consume spectacle, like, if that was, like, Jordan Peele's message, yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't really pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that really. I mean, there are a lot of, like, kind of parallel animal references. And, I mean, I guess it ties in. And it's an interesting argument saying it's about spectacle. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make me care, I guess. <laughs> And then he had one last comment here, which I actually found interesting. He says, I'm not sure, but I thought Jupe never actually had an audience for the alien in the past, as this was the first showing. 
The previous months were probably training. This is just my assumption. I needed to see the movie again to confirm this. So that would actually make more sense because I remember saying I was confused because I was like, if this guy's been showing people like this thing coming out of the sky and eating horses, like, like wouldn't this there be like a full audience here? Wouldn't there be like, you know, newspaper stories and shit? And so, like, he's probably right. He's probably, like, the other horses that he bought were probably all test runs. Mm-hmm. And then this was his first, like, show. That's, yeah, I mean, that it's possible. Sense. I mean, he'd obviously had been buying horses and, like, running them out there to be eaten. But then, like, how many of those does he need before he's certain? Like, because didn't he do, like, quite a few of them? Yeah, I'm not sure. He, he'd apparently been buying horses from, from that other guy for right. a while. But yeah, I mean the audience was pretty small, so it's possible a possibility. But I think he's probably right here, because um, yeah, that confused me. But yeah, if if all the other ones were just test runs, and then this was the first where he was actually gonna, you know, do it for real in front of people, um, that that makes sense to me. Um, so yeah, I like that. So so definitely send us in more comments, and you may just get them read here. Yeah, very thoughtful. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was actually surprised that like it was such a long like. Uh, in-depth comment i i appreciate mm-hmm. it guys we're still not quite at time do you any either of you got like a small like interesting funny story to go out on i don't know about small i don't know about funny <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh let's just go with this though because i thought this was fun funny um man grants dying man's final wish to dismantle secret sex gen- dungeon oh yeah I, I had this as a possible yeah go ahead <laughs> while most of us like to put uh put it to the back of our minds it's good to be prepared for the day the uh grim reaper taps us on the shoulder and says our time is up uh but if you don't fancy confiding in your loved ones about your deepest darkest secrets maybe you could call the coffin confessor for the past four years, Bill Edgar has been carrying out the final wishes of those who are close to Heaven's Gates. It all started in 2018 when a client of his who was dying offered the then-private detective $10,000 cash to crash his funeral and kick out an old friend who had been trying <laughs> trying it on with his wife. Uh, since then, Bill has been inundated with requests from people asking him to attend their funeral or will reading or dispose of embarrassing items they don't want their family to find. All right. Uh, would you be upset if your friend was trying to get with your wife after you died? <laughs> He's holding a grudge. Probably. <laughs> yeah, you would be upset. Okay, yeah, I guess uh, I would too, but like, <laughs> but uh, after a while, you got to be like... You think this guy's like in the audience and the preacher's like, would anyone like to have a few words? And he's like, yeah, right here. Hold on. He just walks up there. He's like, this guy's been trying to fuck his wife. And you need to get the fuck. Out. <laughs> he like hires even another person to make sure that that guy followed through with his part of this. <laughs> All right, uh, Bill Edgar is a coffin confessor and carries out the final wishes of the dying. Uh, speaking to Lad Bible about his rather unique line of work, the Australian says one man even asked him to dismantle his sex dungeon. I got a call from a pal- pal- palladia. Oh gosh, 
palliative care nurse. I don't know what that is. And he said to me, I've got a guy in here. He's dying. He has, uh, he had a fall at home and he can't go home. And he's petrified of what his sons are going to find there. And he needs somebody to go back and clean it. Bill tells us. And I'm like, go get a cleaner. And he goes, no, 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 it's not like that. So I went and met the bloke. He's 88 years of age. And I said to him, what's your concern? He said, I have sex toys at home and I have three sons who are on their way to the house to clean it up because they know that I'm not going to come home. And I'm like, oh, sex toys, big deal. And he goes, no, it's a sex dungeon. <laughs> he was, he wants, oh, he was once asked by the idiot, by an 88 year old to dismantle his sex dungeon. Uh, uh, so he gave me instructions. He gave me the key. He told me where everything was. And I go, I go into his place, into the secret room. And I'm telling you, it was the most immaculate, pristine, beautiful room anybody could ever go into. Yes, it was a sex dungeon, but it was so well done and so nice. You didn't feel uncomfortable. It was just weird. It took him almost three hours to clear the room of the man's collection of toys, which he says were well hidden. Uh, you wouldn't have known that they were all sex toys or anything because they looked like they looked uh, a lamp or things hang. They looked like a lamp or things hanging on the walls. Uh, <laughs> what? They, I'm, I'm curious how a lamp is a sex toy. Um, you can stick anything up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like a, a Willy Wonka thing where like everything's a dildo. <laughs> everything's a sex toy. They, they might have been handcuffs, but at the same time, they were so nicely done with flowers or something. And I was like, oh, that's so that's pretty unique. Oh, shit. I, uh, I know what that is now. It took me a good two and... Two and a half or three hours easy because I kept going back and forth. We ended up using pillowcases, duvet covers, wrapping up all this shit up, wrapping all this shit up, and I had to bring it back to my farm and incinerate it. I also had to film it. Well, so, maybe I'll keep a few. Things. <laughs> yeah, incinerate. Right? Uh, I also had to film it so that he was happy that it was all gone, and uh, and so his sons weren't gonna find it. Uh, adding the guy's neighbor even came over and started talking to me and I was like fuck she's going to ask uh, how he was how he was and what was going on and I'm like oh man all good uh, Bill makes oh it's just a picture uh, granted the above might seem like a little ad little odd to most people uh, I mean it's an elderly man with a sex dungeon in his house but Bill says he was a just a lonely just a loner following uh, the death of his wife uh, it was it would be mortifying for his grandkids to find out about their grandfather was a sexual deviant uh, but at the same time he was 88 his wife died when he was 50. Uh, it's a long time. And he was just having fun. He didn't hurt anyone, I guess. I mean, why not? Bill has received some criticism in the past for doing what he does. However, he all he's doing, he says, is giving the dead the opportunity to be heard one final time. I would say to not be heard one final time, probably. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't a stipulation not to go to the press after you do all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, how would that guy feel? But, like, I know it doesn't name him here, but like somebody might be able to figure this right? out. Right, yeah. Uh, and he believes his childhood, uh, which was scarred by horrendous abuse, has made him perfect for the job. My upbringing has given me the ability to not care about those that are left behind, he says. Uh, it's all focused on my client and their needs. Uh, when I first started, I used to think uh, I used to think like everybody else. Why don't you just get a family member, a friend, to say it, or why don't you do? Uh, why don't you do a letter or something? Uh, well, most of the time they're not played or read. The family and friends are too gutless to stand up to a funeral. 
or stand up at a funeral and say anything, so they get me to do it. Well, that's, I mean, I wouldn't attack my clientele. <laughs> They're shitless, gutless people. <laughs> they pay me. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Interesting niche. Yeah, I mean, it's a job. It's a living. You know, you got you talking about, like, um, the guy's friend trying to hook up with his wife after he died or whatever it reminded me of this thing I heard on a podcast. So are you guys kind of familiar with that? I guess there's, like, a, a popular Reddit thread called Am I the Asshole? Oh, yeah. Where people kind of describe these scenarios in their life and ask like am i the asshole for like being this way so there was this one where like there's this guy and his wife is dying of terminal cancer and he was like is is there one wish like i can grant you or you know uh and she says i want to fuck my ex-boyfriend like that's her dying wish and he's like am i the asshole for not like <laughs> giving her the okay <laughs> that's a weird request it is like would you guys if you were in that scenario would you be like uh i guess i mean you're dying so i guess i mean do you think the boyfriend would be like oh yeah let me come fuck your like dying bedridden yeah wife. some probably would but i don't know <clears throat> but let's know. assume that he would i mean i mean i would feel like if she, if if that was legitimately her wish, I'd be like, man, this this bitch doesn't doesn't yeah. love me. So no, you can't. Yeah, you'd be calling that last will and testament guy. <laughs> I, I I'd be like, uh, I, I'd let her do it, and I'd be like, fuck you at the same time. I'd be like, bye, and then you're gonna die anyway. So. Like <laughs> you yeah, just you never can, come back to her deathbed. Yeah. You can do it, and I won't cry at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty a pretty extreme example. <laughs> There's no way that was real. I don't think so. Yeah, you never know. People could be making shit yeah. up. But. Then again, there's weird shit in this world, so who knows? Uh, maybe it was like a brain illness. Like some people have like uh, like. Mental illnesses and they become attracted and horny and you know to people that they normally wouldn't be and maybe she just thought of her ex and that happened like boom she was just maybe mm. he's an eighty eight year old and he has this fantastic sex dungeon <laughs> <laughs> and a cat that we can get freaky with yeah, the cat I forgot about the cat <laughs> uh, should we wrap this bad boy up let's do it all right everyone well we thank you very much for watching and or listening. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, your podcast service of choice, whichever you prefer, or both. Um, like I said, leave us comments, and maybe we'll read them right here on the show. Um, give us thumbs up, uh, uh, positive reviews. Um, still to this day, they help uh, in the old algorithm, uh, so please do that. And why not come along over to Twitter and follow us on Twitter. Guys, where can, where can people find you? At a name for this too, and that's number two. At unsolicited sug, and you can of course find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z A C H J O N E S L I V E, and that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Have a good one.